Take a deep breath, take the higher road That's what they always say, as if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself, it's life ain't just a dream You make your own, so kick and scream The people will like with a never-ending force You never had the chance, so what you waiting for? The day has come, my friend, cause this is war Jennifer Bridges. I'm a registered nurse. Um, I support every aspect of this bill. Um, prohibiting it from being on the immunization schedule for children is very important. We've already proven just how dangerous this shot can be for children of all ages, pretty much any age possible, but especially kids. Emergency use authorization, they, nothing experimental needs to be in a child's body. So I completely agree with that. We need to protect our children before it's too late. Um, also, where it prohibits the doctors and the hospitals for refusing care for per vaccine status or even if you've been sick or anything like that, I've seen that time and time again where doctors are refusing care. Um, they won't let their patients come in just because they're not vaccinated and then they seek out help elsewhere they don't know where to go. I've even seen hospitals, even such as Houston Methodist, where when they found out you weren't vaccinated, guess what? We're not going to treat you properly. Here's some Tylenol and Norco. Hit the road. Now you can't can't breathe, you're sick. Um, we've already proven time again. I've, I've spoken till I'm blue in the face. We know it doesn't work. We know it's dangerous. Natural immunity is by far, I'm, I'm living walking proof of that. Never took the shot, will I ever. Contracted COVID when I worked in the COVID unit, July 2020. Never have I had it again. Never wore a mask, treated all these outpatient COVID patients. I breathed in COVID every day of my life. I was dripping in it, literally. Never did I get sick again. And actually, these last two years have been the healthiest years I've ever had in my whole life. I haven't even caught a cold. I think my natural immunity is so strong right now that knock on wood, I'm catching nothing under the stars now. And really quick, I'm out of time, but Methodists, I have emails, I have every proof. They stated they mandated this to protect patients because it was safe and effective, but we've already proven both false. And they have even sent emails now to employees stating how over 400 of these fully vaxxed are now having COVID. And guess what? They're still forced to take care of patients even though they're sick. Hello. So you guys were just listening to the amazing Jennifer Bridges, who is a nurse, as she just described. And this was uh, a testimony that she gave in front of the Texas Senate. So without further ado, I am going to bring Jennifer on because I know her and I can talk for hours on this. <laughs> Evan, you know what? Let me give a little bit of background for those of you that are just listening to me for the first time. So you're listening to Nurse Jody. I am um, more popularly known as the HHS vaccine nurse whistleblower with Project Veritas. I went undercover in the hospital, pulled out my phone and started recording what was happening and I released it to the world in September of 2021. And actually, one of the disclosures on there was um, pharmacy 
that was refusing um, a physician's order for ivermectin on a co-worker of mine who asked me to advocate for her. I was a hospital supervisor that night when she came in two weeks post first vaccination um, sick. She just said she didn't feel good. They said she had COVID. Um, she was not requiring oxygen or anything like that at the time. Uh, vital signs were good. She just internally said that she just felt horrible. And, um, and then she asked me, Hey, can I, um, get that medication that you've been talking about? And I brought her the FLCCC protocol and she said, yes, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, um, and you know, she started talking to me about that. And so as a nurse and especially as an advocate, which I was that day for the hospital, right. I, um, just went into nurse mode and I talked to her nurse and I said, she requested to me that she try ivermectin. Do you know anything about this? And the nurse said, uh, just a little bit. And I gave her the FLCCC website and told her to research it. She did. And then she called me back and said, um, yeah, let's try it. And I said, okay, we'll call the hospitalist. And so she called the hospitalist and she calls me back and said, the hospitalist said it's controversial and she won't prescribe it again. You know, my staunch patient advocate, um, side of me came into play and I called that doctor and the nurse into my office and respectfully said to the physician, you know, doc, um, being controversial is not a reason not to practice medicine. So would you be willing to look at the body of evidence? And I gave her the FLCCC website. And um, a little bit later, the nurse calls me and says she's going to write it. And I said, oh, my goodness. Thank goodness. And then a few minutes later calls me back and said, pharmacy is blocking it. And so Jennifer, welcome. I, I know the pain. <laughs> I know, I know the struggle girl. Yes. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. The struggle is so immense right now. Mm -hmm. Immense. And so uh, to talk to me about you, you know, I, I, I really want to hit on first is the courage you know, the courage that you have to come forward. Why did you come forward, Jennifer? Why did you come forward with this testimony and then take us back as to how you got involved um, in March of 2020 or 20? Yeah, 2021. 2021. Yep. Um, well, I'm just I'm very, very open. Um, I'm not going to hide anything. I'm going to just like pretty much like speak the truth, no matter what it is. Mm -hmm. And just like you, we've seen so many wrong things occur and they just want to censor. They want to shut you up. They want to discredit you. If you say one thing, they're going to bring five of their guys on their side to say the complete difference to make you look like a fool. Mm -hmm. So the more of us that speak up, the better it's going to be. And now like it started out with just a couple of us and now it's exploding. And there's so many people speaking out now. So I've been, I've testified at the Senate a couple of different days now um, since this all started. And basically any chance I get to just rawr, like I, I'm all about it. This last one that it was about a month ago, I think, 
Now, um, we literally, I got there at 8.30 in the morning. I didn't leave till 9.30 at night because they had so many wow. bills. Um, each one was taking a while. Mm -hmm. So, um, and like you probably know, Dr. Malone was there, Dr. Fleming, Dr. Farella, um, there, Dr. Artis, a bunch of us. So most of us were there almost all day just waiting our turn. Um, Do you get paid for this, Jennifer? I get paid for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yep. Yeah. Just my job that um, since I've been fired, I'm and now the job I currently have, that's all I get paid for pretty much. But um, that's one thing I, I tell people because I travel all over Texas, um, other locations, speaking at events. I have an event tomorrow. Actually, I'm going to and I use my own gas, like all my own stuff. Like I don't get paid for anything. Mm -hmm. I just go to educate and provide the truth, give as much hope and support as I can. So anyone that tries to tell me I'm lying, I'm like, literally, I would be insane. Like, who's going to do all that, right. spend all their money, their time, and all that if they're lying? Like, that's why I tell people the other side are making millions. So that's what you kind of got to look at. Our side is making nothing. We're losing our jobs. We're going bankrupt. We're spending our own money to fight this. So it's kind of like, uh, use some common sense here, you know? Right. Well, I do think that there are some people that um, are making money off of this. I'll I'll tell you, and I'll just be super blunt about it because I, I pretty much always am. Um, there, there's all these medical freedom con uh, movements, right? All these gatherings. And I, and I, and I follow them and I look and I'm like, where's the nurse? Where, where's the nurse in the sea of physicians? Right. I, it blows my mind because what I, people don't realize is that we operate under our own license right? Physicians yeah. have their license. Nurses have their license. It is never, and I, they probably honed this in it to you in nursing school as well, is that saying I followed orders is never a defense, right? Uh -huh. We yeah. operate under our own license. And last time I checked for the last 20 years, we're the number one most trusted profession. Right. No, I 100 percent agree. And let me tell you, the patients remember the nurse nine times out of 10 over the doctor because we're the ones that take the time, put forth the effort. We educate them. I mean, I love some of my doctors, but hospitals, other things, they run in five minutes. Boom, boom, boom. OK, leave. Yeah. And, you know, uh, the nurses are the ones that spend all the time, see the things going on, you know, comfort the patient like hold their hand when they're upset. You know, we're the ones that do everything. And like you said too, I mean, we're supposed to critically think, show our own autonomy. Like that's what we're there for. But now they're trying to tell us like, no, stop, don't be robots. Don't think, just do what you're told. And that's literally goes against everything we're about. Um, and I agree with you because a lot of these bigger events, it's all about the doctors. And which is great because some of them have done some amazing things, but no, you need some of the nurses there to tell you the nitty gritty because the doctors are great, but they give the order, give it to us. And we're the ones that do all the work usually. <laughs> well, and we're the ones who can refuse to 
Uh, is I don't know if that's your microphone. I don't hear anything. You don't. Okay. Um, you know, but we're, we're also the ones that could refuse to carry out that order. I mean, the nurse is essentially the buck stops here. This is yeah. not going to happen, or this is what we need. And we reach out to the physicians. So when I hear about, you know, and I'm in close contact with like, you know, a lot of widows that lost their loved one in the hospital and, and they're like, nothing ever comes Nothing ever comes of anything. And then I always say, you know, well, it's the whole lawsuit. Like, you know, it takes time to go to court. I mean, you know, people, people think like, okay, I'm done, you know, like with my whistleblower, but I'm still in court for my whistleblower from, you know, essentially October of 2021, you know? And so it does take time. Yeah. Yeah, it literally takes so long. It's ridiculous. And that's what that's what the big guys plan on that will fizzle out or run out of money or not keep up with it. But that's why you just got to hold tight, hold the hold the line and just keep going. That's right. So tell me what you're known for. How did you come on the scene? Okay. well, super, super long story short, um, back in uh, December of 2020, Houston Methodist Hospital, where I worked at for over eight years, were the first ones in the country in Houston, Texas, to get the, the, the stupid vaccine. Um, they got the Pfizer, started giving it out to only like their important people. And then they offered it to employees, employees to maybe only 30% of the employees. And they had like 30,000, some, because there's, there's literally eight hospitals in the Houston area under Houston Methodist now. It's huge down here. Wow. Yeah, they're big in the med center. They're like, they're a huge billion dollar base down here. So most of the employees didn't want it. Then they offered, you know, a hope bonus of $500. That got a few more on board and we knew the mandates were coming. Tell Um, me what month this was when they first rolled it out to the employees. Um, well, December of 2020 is when they first got it and started giving it to some people. Now, employees, they offered it to us. I have to go back and look, but it was somewhere between December 2020 and February of 2021. Okay. Yeah. And only 10% wanted it at that time or 30%. Yeah, it was somewhere to 25, 30% and most of all these employees, like 30,000 or more employees, right? <laughs> um, so in that two month window, and then they're like, okay, well, we're going to incentivize them. You get $500 if you take the shot. So a few more jumped on board because they wanted money, right? Yeah. And we knew they were going to mandate it, but we didn't think it would be mandated till like way down the road. You know, let's get this FDA approved. Let's get Like years? Money. Yeah, like years, right? But um, and so we all got really nervous because we saw the emails. They were pushing, pushing, pushing. So me and about three other people were talking, and we're like, we need to get a little proactive here, right? So I kind of have the bigger mouth, and I'm a very strong patient advocate. So everybody's like, Jen, you know, you should do something. And I'm like, okay, so. I kind of, long story short, I made this little makeshift petition at my home computer just saying, like, do you think we should be terminated for refusing to get the the vaccine under an EUA? 
And I put my scrubs on on my day off, ran all over my hospital, literally three floors, all these units. Like I got hundreds of people signing this. Wow. Um, yes. And I was just by myself pretending to be at work, just running around. And then somebody would be like, pretending okay. to be at work. Hold on. That's funny. I know. I know. <laughs> And just, I've always just winged everything because I'm just like, this is wrong. Let's do something. So I don't think about anything. I just go, right? Yeah. I just go. So I'm running around the whole hospital. People are like, oh, my friend in Three West wants to sign it. Oh, my friend over here. So I bounce from unit to unit, but they're so scared of Methodist. They're literally hiding me in like stair stairwells, supply rooms, places where there's no video cameras. And one by one, these people would sneak in and sign it till I had over a couple hundred signatures, but everybody was scared. So then I take this home. I'm like, okay, this is awesome. I got something to use. Well, the next day before I could do anything, I get a call from my CEO's secretary stating that they wanted me to come in the very next day to have a meeting in their big executive conference room, right? So somebody snitched on me with what I was doing. Um, so the next day, and I brought another nurse with me because at the time I didn't like, I didn't legally know I could record this or I would have, and I wish I would have, but I didn't know anything yet. So I brought another nurse as a witness, sit down in front of the CEO, CNO, head of HR. Um, super long story short, they just bullied me. Um, they talked down to me, they argued with me, tried to threaten me to shut up, told me that 100% mandate was more important than my individual autonomy. If I did, my own CEO, David Bernard at the time was like, if you don't like it, there's the door. Don't you think we'll have some good college nurses straight out of college that would love to fill your spot? Um, it was just, it got bad. So I went from being like, you know, oh my gosh, nervous about this to like fight mode. So we spent an to, hour and a half. What? To fight mode, you said? Fight mode, yes. Yes, girl, yes. Like you, <laughs> you, you the, the more they came at you and attacked you, the more you knew that you needed to fight even harder. Oh, absolutely. And it just escalated so quickly. We spent an hour and a half in this executive boardroom that I would never see light of day as a nurse, right? An hour and a half, we were arguing, we started yelling, we were fighting. At the end of it, um, he's like, can we tell, you know, Mark Boom, the head CEO of all the hospitals, this matter's closed. And I was like, absolutely not. I'm like, you tell him he needs to meet with me because I need to tell him what thousands of his employees actually think about this. And then I kind of, yeah. And oh, girl, it got bad. They, <laughs> they were looking at me like, how dare you talk to us like that? Um, he even got all cocky in his little suit, kind of sat back in his chair. And he's like, so what made you think you could come in here and talk to us all by yourself? And I'm just like, seriously? I'm like, because I thought you actually cared about your employees, but obviously not. Um, then I told him, just bluntly, I'm like, so what if I go to the other Methodist hospitals, because there were seven others, and the public about this and say what, see what they think? And he's like, I strongly advise you against that. And I'm like, why? What are you going to do, fire me? Like, I'm already prepared to get fired. Like, I'm not going to take this. Um, so then the next day, 
Basically, they forwarded everything to the head CEO. The very next day, I got my answer. He wouldn't speak to me. Instead, he put out a system-wide email. And this was the middle of April 2021. And it said we had till June 7th, 2021 to get the, the shot. Um, the both, both of them are you run a two-week unpaid suspension and terminated June 22nd, 2021. Oh, my gosh. Like, they literally... They they were just the biggest bullies there. And, and um, just and I think about that, Jennifer. It's like, you know, you came in. No. OK, let, let's let me ask you this. How many other people that you knew that signed that position felt as strong as you uh, as you did and used your voice the way you did? Oh, well, they all felt this strongly, but nobody wanted to come out public and, and like say something to anybody except just amongst themselves because they were terrified. Okay. They didn't so out of thousands of people that signed this petition, they were, they obviously believed in it, but yeah. you were the only one, you were the only one that stood up and spoke up. At that loudly. time. Well, in that that vast of it, yes, there were other ones that were speaking up to their managers and their units, but I just kind of like escalated it. Um, yep. And then and then we got that email. So I'm at work, right? And I see people crying in the hallways, just upset. And I'm pissed because I'm like, you know, this he sent this like less than 24 hours after our meeting. So obviously that was his response to meeting with me. So I took it very personally and then I got mad seeing how everybody, you know, was responding to it. So the next day I was off and remember we, this happened to us. We were the first ones in the entire country to get a vaccine mandate. Yeah. Um, the rest of the whole country just kind of watched to see how it would unfold for a good two, three, four months yeah. until anybody else actually mandated it. Um, so the well, very and, I, and I like to add to that real quick, because I thought that was very interesting. Um, that mandate came down in the summer of or June of 2021 for you. Right. I'm yeah. a federal employee and there was still no directive like that. There was still no no threat. Like if you don't get vaccinated by this date, you're going to lose your job. There was none of that. And I saw. And I applaud and I applauded you. This was before I blew the whistle. Right. And I'm sitting there just like, yeah, yeah, there's another one that feels like I do, you know, and and I was totally cheering you on. And then I sit here and I'm like, I work for the damn government and they're not even uh, threatening me with my job. So why is this happening to you in Texas? I, I just found that very interesting. And we did too, because you would think Texas would be a stronger conservative, a little bit more freedoms in most of the country. Yeah. But unfortunately, Houston is a little bit different. Um, uh, kind of just the way the politics run there. But we did find some interesting information. So Methodist ha is getting paid very well for many areas from doing all this. Um, like we found out through another whistleblower guest who was here in Houston talking to the head CEO and the lawyers several months prior to initiating this first mandate. Um, Fauci was actually here. Shut so, up. 
Swear to God, we got the whistleblowers. So he was here talking to the CEO um, and the lawyers and all that because basically they wanted to initiate this mandate. They thought if they could do it here, it'd be easier for the country to follow. And can you imagine the amount of money that was paid in order for them to roll this out, basically? Girl, that is nuts. So yeah. Fauci came and, and visited this uh, this hospital system, which is essentially like like you said, what, 30,000 employees the Houston yeah. Methodist has? Okay. It's, it's probably more than that now, but it's like eight, eight big hospitals and a bunch of subsidiaries. Oh my gosh, girl, you have. Yeah. And so this is all like, I love hearing these little things because I'm like, all right, so you get Fauci coming down and, and say, you know what, here, roll it out here. Because if you roll it out here and the conservative Texas and you get people to agree with it, the rest of the country is going to follow you. But they I didn't think know, right? Well, yeah, and I think that was a big part of why he picked it. But then I found out later on that the head CEO, Mark Boom and Fauci, um, don't quote me on exactly how, but I found out they either went to college together or they did something in their past together so they knew each other. So it was a little bit easier to be like, hey, guess what? Da -da 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 -da. And then the head CEO, Mark Boom, his own wife, Julie Boom, works at Texas Children's Hospital. And guess what? She is the head of vaccine research at Texas Children's, and she gets directly funded by the CDC. So, oh yes, you got husband, wife, Fauci. It's, it's like they literally all implanted themselves to make this happen. It was like, you can't make this stuff up. Right. You absolutely cannot make this stuff up. I feel, and I'm sure you feel like this every day, that you are um, a supporting and, and sometimes lead character in the in this, you know, saga <laughs> unfolding in front of your eyes. Because, girl, I'm sure you found yourself as I have in these situations where you're like, how did I get in this room? <laughs> Every, every day, because prior to all this happening, I'm like an outdoorsy beach tomboy. I get, I'm playing in the mud. Like, that's me. Nothing to do with activism, nothing to do with politics until all this started happening. And now I find myself, like, I'll be in Washington, D.C. I met Senator Ron Johnson <laughs> testifying. I'm getting calls from, like, like, I'm getting calls from people to endorse them. And to run for governor, like I'm literally like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I have to take a break, guys. Uh, we have so many amazing programs on America Out Loud Network. Uh, you have Dr. Peter McCullough, who is a cardiologist and epidemiologist that has been speaking out from the beginning. Uh, Attorney Tom Renz. Uh, we, we just have so many other amazing shows on this network. And we are so fortunate at Nurses Out Loud. Uh, you're listening to Jody O'Malley, but I have four other amazing sister nurses that speak the truth every single day, Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Uh, Eastern time and a encore at 11 p.m. All of our shows also go to podcast 
And, um, and thank you guys so much for your support. Uh, you sharing and liking and reviewing these shows, like really give us the energy to keep going and keep bringing you the uncensored truth. We'll be right back. It's time and this is The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the wellness company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free, love it, or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years, but our diet and the way we eat has, creating an environment in your mouth for bacteria to wreak havoc on your teeth and gums. For better oral health, get Spry Dental Defense, an oral care line designed to combat acid-creating bacteria. The toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and gum all contain xylitol, a natural ingredient shown to dramatically improve oral health. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural retailers. America out loud beats to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, you're troubled, confused, glad, and thankful. Well, we know you because we are you. AmericaOutloud.com. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. The liberty and justice for all. Welcome back to Nurses Out Loud. I am your host, Nurse Jody O'Malley. And with me, I have Nurse Jennifer Bridges, who was the nurse that led the charge at Houston Methodist Hospital back in 2021 when they came down with the vaccine mandates. And and we were just like talking story, really, and sharing it with you guys, which I am so thankful and happy that I can do on an uncensored platform. And so, Jennifer, yes, like you, before we went to break, you were saying, you know, this, this wasn't you, this wasn't the life that you thought that you would be living. 
And same here. I mean, I had uh, been at the pinnacle of my career. I have just been a nurse now for about 10 years, right? Almost 10 years. And, you know, and that got taken away from me essentially, you know, a couple of years ago. And I still mourn that, you know, I mean, I've gained 30 pounds in the last two years since blowing the whistle. Yeah. My, my entire life, like, you know, my poor teenager now, um, who's only known COVID, you know, thankfully we live a pretty normal life, but I mean, I had to pull him out of school. I was like, I'm not sending you to this public school education. Like I am a whistleblower. I work from home now, um, trying to figure out my life and you're going to do it with me. (laughs) And that's, that's all there is to it. But yeah, like you said, before we went to break, like you'd be out playing in the mud and, and, you know, being in nature. And now we're, you're in freaking courtrooms. Oh, I know. I know. Like when I started getting all over social media and all over the news, my friends I grew up with back in the day, they're literally messaging me like, is this really you? <laughs> like, when did you start doing this? Um, <laughs> I was going to add, because I can already tell we're going to be all over the place. But um, basically that day that he put out the email, right, to mandate everything, the very next day I was off. So I'm sitting at home. I'm pissed. I'm like, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? So I got on change.org, started a petition. Then I sat on my front porch, started Googling all the local news media. So two of them met with me within a couple hours because they were so interested in the story because no one did it before. Yep. So, I, so I get on with them. Um, I meet them literally back to back. And at the time I told them both, I was like, well, kind of cover up you know, who I am right now only because I don't know what's going to happen yet. I've never done this before. And they both did a horrible job. Everyone knew it was me. People are texting me like, oh, my God, you were just on the news. And I was like, oh, okay. And my, <laughs> my, I'm like, yeah, that was me. So after it was already out, I'm like, you know what? Screw it. What's going to happen? And my poor husband, everything this whole way, he's like, don't show your face on the news. Don't, you know, don't go here. Don't go to DC. Don't do this. Don't do that. And I kind of end up doing everything he asked me not to. And I'm just like, I'm sorry, babe. Like, you know, I kind of have to do this. Um, Is it like he just like knows who you are? I mean, he obviously loves you for who you are. Yeah, he he kind of learned like he already knew how I was. But then with how passionate I got about this. He just knew he's like, okay, he's like, I get it. He goes, just tell me where you're going, when you're coming back. Yeah. You know, I might be like, all right, I'm leaving Friday. I'll be back Sunday. I'm going to wherever, you know? Right. And just got so used to it. Um, yeah. My part- kids kind of went through that too. I'm single. Um, so it, it was easy, you know, <laughs> to me do whatever I wanted, but my 13 year old, well, he was, you know, 11 or so at the time. Um, it was, it's interesting because whenever I do interviews and they talk to me about blowing the whistle and deciding to go viral and all that, my, uh, my boys, they were like, he's 11 and 30. And they were like, yeah, go for it. Because we know that we're not going to change your mind anyway. (laughs) So yeah, I get the passion. Yeah. If you can't do nothing about it, you might as well support it. Why fight over it? You know? Right. Um, 
But the part that really caught me off guard was after I didn't know how any of this worked. So after I got on those two local news medias, it blew up. Like they all watch each other and they're all like vultures. So next thing you knew, I'm getting calls from like CNN, Fox Hannity, uh, BBC, like everything all over the country and then internationally too. And I didn't know what to do. So in my lawyer, at, well, and then I initiated a lawsuit, got like a hundred, we ended up having a couple hundred people on board, sued Methodist. Um, and during this time, he just kept telling me, he goes, do every news media you can. Because yes. the more you talk to the public, the more you get them on board, the more support we'll have, which will be mm -hmm. good. Yeah. So I yeah. said yes, no matter how little, big, where it was, whatever. So for like six months, I was literally doing two to five interviews every day, either from my home Zoom, or I would get in my car, meet someone downtown, go somewhere. Um, my husband would come home from work, and I had, like, the USA Today in my kitchen. I had the BBC in my backyard. <laughs> I, I, he's like, and then um, I had, like, reporters from Japan in my kitchen, I mean, you name it, even evil uh, CNN had me on live like three times because they kept trying to discredit me. And I kept just mouth vomiting everything to the point where they like quit airing my stuff and they quit calling me because mm -hmm. they didn't like what I was saying. So it was it was kind of fun to mess with them. Um, but how, how would they try to discredit you? Well, what's funny was, is um, there was a couple different um, news people from there that interviewed me, but the one I'll never forget is Jackie Brown. So as they're asking me questions and I'm telling them about the adverse reactions I saw in the hospital and what I knew and this and that, they would just try to cut me off and they'd be like, oh, well, well we know none of that can be proven. You know, we know those are just speculations, but none of that can be proven. And it's and I'm literally like, well, you're a news anchor. I'm a nurse in a hospital. Like, how are you telling me like you're not medical? And right. then she would like try to cut me off and then ask me another question. And as, and as soon as she shut up, I would just as fast as I could say everything I saw because mm -hmm. she because I was live. So she couldn't like edit it and her mouth just dropped like, oh, my God, what did I do? And then um, then afterwards, when they were done with me, they would throw on like one of their scientists, one of their doctors, like a couple other people to say the complete opposite to try to discredit me. And then people would be messaging me like, oh, hey, you did great. But someone else is like, hey, I can't find your link. I missed it. And I'm like, that's because they don't want to show it. So they wouldn't put the link up because they didn't want anybody who missed it to see it. But I knew how evil they were, so I uh, recorded it on my TV. So then I blasted it all over social media and everywhere I could just to show them like, hey, you know, what's up? Yeah, that's awesome. I'd love to, if you still have that like link, uh, put that in. I'll put that in our show description so people okay, can yeah. see that. Yeah, because that's pretty cool. Yeah, no, Um yeah, I know. It's funny that you're saying we'd be all over the place because I'm like, you know, it's kind of like I'm just talking to my sister nurse, you know, and having a conversation. And then I think, wait a second, we're on we're on live radio. <laughs> so maybe we can have this like formatted a little bit. Um, I do want to play another clip from your Senate testimony and okay. um, get your thoughts on it, Jennifer. 
My name is Jennifer Bridges. I'm a registered nurse. Um, I support every aspect of this bill. Um, prohibiting it from being on the immunization schedule for children is very important. We've already proven just how dangerous this shot can be for children of all ages, pretty much any age possible, but especially kids. Emergency use authorization, they, nothing experimental needs to be in a child's body. So I completely agree with that. We need to protect our children before it's too late. Um, also, where it prohibits the doctors and the hospitals for refusing care for per vaccine status or even if you've been sick or anything like that, I've seen that time and time again where doctors are refusing care. Um, they won't let their patients come in just because they're not vaccinated and then they seek out help elsewhere. They don't know where to go. I've even seen hospitals, even such as Houston Methodist, where when they found out you weren't vaccinated, guess what? We're not going to treat you properly. Here's some Tylenol and Norco hit the road. Now you can't breathe. You're sick. Um, we've already proven time again. I've, I've spoken till I'm blue in the face. We know it doesn't work. We know it's dangerous. Natural immunity is by far, I'm, I'm living walking proof of that. Never took the shot, will I ever. Contracted COVID when I worked in the COVID unit, July 2020. Never have I had it again. Never wore a mask, treated all these outpatient COVID patients. I breathed in COVID every day of my life. I was dripping in it, literally. Never did I get sick again. And actually, these last two years have been the healthiest years I've ever had in my whole life. I haven't even caught a cold. I think my natural immunity is so strong right now that knock on wood, I'm catching nothing under the stars now. And really quick, I'm out of time, but Methodist, I have emails, I have every proof. They stated they mandated this to protect patients because it was safe and effective, but we've already proven both false. And they have even sent emails now to employees stating how over 400 of these fully vaxxed are now having COVID. And guess what? They're still forced to take care of patients, even though they're sick. Yeah, that's, I mean, that, that was packed full of information there. Right. So our kids, <laughs> I agree with you. They, they were never at risk, uh, statistically 0% chance of dying. And we in, injected them and experimented on them. And uh, the effects that we've seen are horrible. And we have no idea what the long term, right? Because only time will tell. Um, uh thoughts. It's so scary. I don't even want to think about it because the short term, I mean, we've already seen kids between myocarditis and just literally having sudden cardiac arrest and dying. And now they're now they're in wheelchairs. They have feeding tubes. They have severe tremors. I mean, the list is endless. Yeah. And just the fact that anybody would tell you to put something experimental in your kid's body, mm -hmm. that person, I don't even want to tell you what should happen to that person. Um, and let me tell you, those testifies are, those are, those are tough when you're testifying in front of Senate because you got two minutes. Yes. So you have to, but clearly speak as much as you can in two minutes. And when they, when it beeps, you're done. Yeah. But like, you got so used to me when it would beep, I'd be like, wait, just really quick. And like, I would spurt out and like my last thing. And they usually let me cause they knew I would just like do it as quick as possible. Mm -hmm. So it was just, uh, but as much as you could possibly say in two minutes is, is, is very challenging, but I'm getting pretty good at it. Well, you're, you're great at it because I went, uh, we have a Senator that just got elected here. Uh, Senator Janae Champ, who is a nurse, um, that got oh, fired. Gosh. Yes, girl. 
Um, Wait, the nurse? He got fired as a nurse and now he's a senator? She is, yes. Okay, I don't know who this is. Wow. Yeah, Senator Janae Champ. Um, It's AZ Senator Champ on Instagram. If, but I don't even think you're really on social media that much. But uh, anyway, I I had to go and testify for a bill that wound up um, getting passed through Congress or through the legislature. But then our um, governor, uh, quote unquote. Hobbs, um, she vetoed it, which she's vetoing every bill. So it just totally sucks. But I'll tell you, I was so nervous. As soon as those beeps go off, I'm like, oh, my God, I don't even know what I'm going to say after this. <laughs> I just got so scared. I felt like I was rambling on and on and on. So, yeah, it, it definitely takes a little bit of it takes a lot of grit and a little bit of practice. <laughs> And that room is huge. You are in, I mean, they, it is intimidating because the, the, like for me, all the senators are sitting around there and you're not in a little room. You're in the big, huge, you know, room at the Capitol and you just, like, it's your turn to go. You go, you yeah. know? Yeah. And so you did mention about the, the treatment, the early treatment, you know, what I want to tell people and, and really impress upon you and I didn't even learn this until I had to undergo an ethics evaluation. Um, have you ever been, did you ever have to go in front of your board for speaking out, Jennifer? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. yeah. No. Very cool. They, they fired me. They, they just wanted to get rid of me. They wanted nothing to do with me. <laughs> they're like, she, yeah. They're like, I don't want to have to fight her in court because I'll lose. Well, they lost for me too. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I had I had like more than a dozen complaints against my license and I had to undergo an ethics evaluation, a formal wow. one, which I had to pay fifteen hundred dollars out of pocket to do. And yeah, crazy. And uh, and after they um, cleared me of any and all wrongdoing. But what the ethicist said is that a whistleblower needs the lowest body of evidence other than, you know, like in, in comparison to a criminal trial, like you need to have a motive or this and that, right? Like you, there's burdens of proof. A whistleblower doesn't have the burden of proof. A whistleblower just notices there's safety issues or whatever's going on, right? Like, so in my case, being a nurse on top of it, our ethical principles that we uphold to do no harm and to be the advocate for the patient. And so if we notice any safety signals, it is our legal obligation to report it. Right. Amen. Yes. yes. And I, and that go ahead. Oh, no, I was saying just saying absolutely, because there's some nurses out there that won't. They just follow orders because they're too scared. And those are the nurses that are dangerous. Because, I mean, between the, the mistakes you can find, doctor's orders, between, like, things, I mean, you're constantly catching mistakes as a nurse and advocating. So you have to be, like, vocal and stand up for your patients. Yeah, you have to. You know, it's like, and and that's why, you know, earlier on when I said about, like, the medical freedom movements and stuff that, you know, are going on tours all the time and the, never have a nurse on there, it's like, if if you really wanted to make a change in the hospitals, 
you would have nurses up here speaking so that the other nurses that are in your audience hear their story loud and clear, see that we're doing okay in our life. We're not murdered. We're not like blackballed. We still can work. We still have our license. So why are you not having us come up and, and encourage others to come forward. But then I look at it now, you know, almost two years later, and after talking with some other people in different types of organizations, they're like, it's a business model. This is a business model. Why would they want to stop these people who are paying $500 for a ticket? Do you know what I mean? Times Mm -hmm. 10,000 people that are coming. I mean, they're making bank off of these and they're making bank off of, you know, the the sad stories of people because I don't um, see a lot of lawsuits and all of that forming to help them. And that's what, and I work really closely with a lot of the vaccine injured, with a lot of the people who got fired, and they're all pissed because they get asked to go speak at all these events. And they get, you know, all like promised this, told this, so they show up at the events. And then half the time they don't get anything or they're like, hey, where's the money going? And they don't get clear cut answers. And half the time they feel like they're just being used, Mm -hmm. Um, which brings me into like, this is a good introduction. So I'm working with them. If y'all ever heard of Brianne Dressen and Ernest Ramirez, Brianne Dressen did the AstraZeneca trials and wound up in the hospital. And then Ernest Ramirez gave it to his son, 16-year-old son, who ended up um, passing like just a couple days later from a sudden cardiac arrest on a basketball court. So these two have turned into like the mom and dad in the whole nation for like the vaccine injured. Um, Brianne, they work closely there with React 19 group that actually funds and helps um, the vaccine injured recover. They've, They've given the funding to some of them and literally got them out of wheelchairs, got them the help they needed because most doctors won't touch them, won't admit to it, won't do anything. Um, So they reached out to me several months ago because they're pissed. They're like, we go to all these events, we speak, you know, half the time the money's not really going to the vaccine injured. Like we just feel like we're being used half the time. So they're like, we want to do our own event. We want to raise our own money that we know will go to the vaccine injured. So we got with a couple other people and there's a few of us now working on it. And July 22nd in Houston, Texas at the Montgomery County Fairgrounds, we've organized for multiple bands, including five times August, um, multiple speakers, VIP lunch. We're gonna have drinks, food. We're even gonna have a dunk tank and um, all kinds of games, interactions, a big family fun event. Um, And the dunk tank, we're so excited about. So we're going to have, like, I even volunteered to sit in the dunk tank. So we're going to wear masks and shirts and stuff. And, like, maybe we're Fauci. Maybe we're Pfizer. Maybe we're Biden. So people get to pay, like, a few bucks and dunk Biden, dunk Fauci, dunk the CEO of Pfizer. Like, it's just going to be fun. And every single dollar raised will go towards React 19 to help the vaccine injured get the treatment and the recovery they need. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty exciting because, you know, people want to support, but you don't always know if the money's actually going to the right places or what, where it's headed. 
Well, I am hearing, um, you know, uh, so I thank you for, for, you know, really working closely with the vaccine injured. I know Kimberly Overton with Nurse Freedom Network um, is also. And so, you know, she's also a host on the show on Mondays. And if you need any of the support from us, you know, please let us know. I'd love to have you back. Well, I think we're probably going to do another part two of this, but um, just to elevate that message, because I agree with you. It's like there's so many things going on and so many organizations like with the widows. So I work closely with a thousand widows dot org. And if people go to the website or what they found out was that there were about 27 commonalities of all the loved ones, all the people that lost their lives in the hospital um, had in common. Right. And so there, you know, I, I look to them and say, like, OK, what what are we doing? You know, what are we what resources are we providing these widows? You know, and so we're working toward doing an event here in Arizona. I think we're looking at an October date, but from all the people that lost loved ones throughout this uh, pandemic and actually being resource oriented. And um, we're trying to do it, see how we can do it for free. So, um, yeah, you know, I think I think there's a lot of us that have, you know, woken up to, and been like, all right. So what is that exactly is my $90 a month going to, you know, yes. what are you doing? And instead of like having all the widows go to these events with, you know, stick figures holding with a picture of their loved one saying, um, I, my loved one was murdered in the hospital. And it's like, this is true. I believe this is true. Um, but to the outside world, they look crazy, right? They look crazy. And then people are like, okay, well, what are we doing then? You know? Yeah. And then what's really sad is if you're not um, a well enough aware to know where to look for these things um, and you're just watching regular mainstream media, you won't see none of it because they won't air it. So all these people that are crying for help and speaking the truth, if all you do is watch the TV, you're not going to know anything about it or it even exists. So if one happens to pop up somewhere, you're going to think it's crazy. But, you know, if you don't follow like, you know, the High Wire, Stu Peters, InfoWars, um, I could name on forever. If you don't watch those kind of things, you don't see these things actually happening. So, so many people are walking around just clueless and people like us are like, are you, how do you not know, you know? Yeah. We're like. Wait, how do you not see it? It was interesting. I was speaking. I was asked to speak at this legislative district meeting yesterday, and there were about like 40 people there. And, you know, I just assumed that all the Republican people know who I am. Right. And so I was prepared to only speak for about 10 minutes. But then I get up there and I ask people, like, do you know my story? And only about four people out of 50 knew my story. And so I wound up taking 30 minutes, but, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, it's really hard to, you know, consolidate, you know, yeah. what we've seen and what we've been a part of for all this time. Uh, Jennifer, yeah. thank you so much to, um, to come on the show, uh, react 19.org guys. 
Uh, I am going to have Jennifer back on again because there is just so much that we need to share with you guys. Uh, We are both nurses that stood up. I would like to have another talk with her about the courage aspect that she has, which is obviously super bold and apparent. And, And that's what we need to do. We need to encourage others to come forward and to choose faith over fear and refuse to be silent. But that's all the time that we have for today, friends. Remember, we are here Monday through Friday, um, 10 a.m. Eastern time and encore at 11 p.m. with my sister nurses, four other ones that are speaking their truth daily. Um, We are nurses and we will stand in the gap for you and um, empower you with the information, the education, and the resources you have to advocate for yourself and make informed decisions in the future. Please join us as we continue to shine the light in this darkness. Until next time, friends, be safe, be well, and God bless. It's time and